In 2003, uh, the Lord said to us, and well, he, he spoke to us, and, and he said uh, Psalm 103 in 2003. And so when he said that, uh, I immediately turned over to Psalm 103, and, and uh, <clears throat> I don't even remember what all the prophets were saying about, uh, about 2003 now. I guess I've slept since then. But anyway, it, it seemed like it lined up, you know, and, and I felt like the Holy Spirit was saying, this is what we're going to have. This is what the church is going to have in 2003. And so as I meditated on that, I thought, well, I wonder. And you know, the Lord causes us to, to he, he, when he wants to show us something, he'll cause us to ask a question. You know what I'm saying? And so he, I thought, said, well, I wonder if we had Psalm 102 in 2002. So I, I looked back and I read Psalm 102 and it just seemed like it, it witnessed to what had transpired in the body and, and the things that we had had. And so I thought, well, I wonder, and you know, this, the Holy Ghost is causing me to ask this question. I'm aware of it later. I wonder if we had Psalm 101 in 2001. And 2001 was a very significant year because you remember 911. And so I read Psalm 101 in several versions. And I noticed one thing really stood out at, to me about Psalm 101 is about the last verse talks about the city. And uh, the city. And I thought, well, you know, we, the city, there was a city that really stood out in, in 2001, and that was New York City. And in one version, it particularly seemed like it applied. So then I thought to myself, I thought, well, I wonder if we're going to have Psalm 104 in 2004. And so, you know, really, I have forgotten about this until tonight. I hadn't thought about this in, in now two or th two couple of years, really. Uh, I really don't think I've thought about it since the first of... Uh, 2004. And, and so I read that and thought, well, you know, that lines up. And then Brother Hagen gave some words in his last, when he went, uh, when he was at Winter Bible Seminar for the very last time before he went home to be with the Lord, he talked about years and he, I, I, when was that? Does somebody help me. Was it 2003 was his last, yeah, 2003 was his last Winter Bible. And so he talked about 2003. He talked about 2004. Seemed like it all lined up. He talked about 2005 being a year of judgment, and he talked about 2006, and then he said nothing about 2007. So I'll give you that. So anyway, I was thinking a while ago, and Pastor, you know, was talking, and I thought, well, and because I remembered this, this just came to my memory. Um, so when I, I asked the Lord that day, I thought, well, I wonder if we're going to have uh, two, Psalm 105 in 2005. That's what I thought to myself that day. This was in early 2003. I wonder if we'll have Psalm 105 in 2005. Then when Brother Hagen said 2005 will be a year of judgment, immediately I ran over back over to uh, Psalm 105 to see if that lined up with what the prophet said. So look over in Psalm 105 because we're in... Because we're definitely in 2005. Would you all agree? And I just want, it's a long chapter, but I think this is going to be worth this to you to just see the witness of the Lord. And I want you to just take note. Now, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Because this is not all just, you know, it's not just, uh, uh, sometimes it's a little bit um, hidden from the natural eye. And so, but I want you to notice in Psalm 105 as we read down through it together, all the judgment in Psalm 105, good and bad. 
okay? Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, call upon his name, make known his deeds among the people, sing unto him, sing psalms unto him, talk ye of all his wondrous works, glory ye in his holy name, let the heart of them rejoice that seek the Lord. So we can rejoice, can't we? No matter what, we can rejoice. Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his face evermore. Remember his marvelous works that he hath done, his wonders and the judgments of his mouth. O ye seed of Abraham, his servant, ye children of Jacob, his chosen. He is the Lord our God. His judgments are in all the earth. He hath remembered his covenant forever, the word which he commanded to a thousand generations, which covenant he made with Abraham and his oath unto Isaac, and confirmed the same unto Jacob for a law and to Israel for an everlasting covenant, saying unto thee, will I, give the la- you, will I give the land of Canaan, the lot of your inheritance, when they were but a few men in number, yea, very few and strangers in it, when they went from one nation to another, from one kingdom to another people, he suffered no man to do them wrong, yea, he reproved kings for their sakes, saying, touch not mine anointed and do my prophets no harm. Moreover, he called for a famine, Sounds like judgment. Upon the land, he brake the whole staff of bread. He sent a man before them, even Joseph, who was sold for a servant, whose feet they hurt with fetters, who laid, who was, he was laid in iron. Until the time that his word came, the word of the Lord tried him or judged him. The king sent and loosed him even the ruler of the people, and let him go free. He made him lord of his house and ruler of all his substance to bind his princes at his pleasure and teach his senators wisdom. Israel also came into Egypt, and Jacob sojourned in the land of Harn, and he increased his people greatly. I like that. And he increased his people greatly and made them stronger than their enemies. Hallelujah. He turned their heart to hate his people, to deal subtly with his servants. He sent Moses his servant and Aaron, Aaron whom he had chosen. They showed his signs among them and wonders in the land of, of Ham. He sent, he sent darkness and made it dark, and they rebelled not against his word. He turned their waters into blood and slew their fish. Their land brought forth frogs in abundance in the chambers of their kings. He spake, and there came divers sorts of flies and lice in all their, uh, their coasts. He gave them hail for rain and flaming fire in their land. He smote their vines also their, and also their fig trees and break the trees of their coast. Well, the family, this is all judgment. And we know this is judgment he's referring to in the past, but he's talking about judgment in this chapter. And we need to take note. He spake and the locusts came and caterpillars and that without number and did eat all the herbs in their land and devoured the fruit of their ground. He smote also the firstborn in their land, the chief of all their strength. He brought, but look now he switches over to another kind of judgment. He brought them forth also with silver and gold and there was not one feeble person among their tribes. Egypt was glad when they departed for the fear of them fell upon them. He spread a cloud for a covering and fire to give light in the night. The People asked, and he brought quails and satisfied them with the bread of heaven. He opened the rock, and the waters gushed out. They ran in the dry places like a river. For he remembered his holy promise, and Abraham his servant. And he brought forth his people with joy, and his chosen with gladness, and gave them the lands of the heathen. And they inherited the labor of the people, that they might observe his statutes and keep his laws. Praise ye the Lord. So, man, I tell you, Psalm 105 is just full of judgment. 
I mean, if God wanted to make a com comparison and say 2005 is a year of judgment, he, it was, uh, Psalm 105 was the chapter to send you to because it's full of good judgment for the righteous and it's full of bad judgment for the wicked. Hallelujah. And God's purpose in judgment is always love. Even the bad judgment, his purpose is love that they might turn to him and not go to hell. Hallelujah. Bad judgment on earth to keep you out of hell is better. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So his purpose is always love. And then, you know, we went, I went on with the Lord that day. And we'll, I'll just finish this up and we'll go on to what I was going to talk about tonight. But Psalm 106 in 2006. But then in Psalm 107, we won't take time to read it tonight. It could be that the rapture of the church is in Psalm 107. You read it for yourself and you discern. And it is interesting that all the prophets don't ever say anything about 2007. So far. Now God, hey, here's, what the, here's the truth. The closer that we get to it, the more we'll know. Hallelujah. We may have to get a little closer to it to know more. And it may not be that that's the year. I'm not trying to be a false prophet up here and say. But it doesn't say. It says no man knoweth the day or the hour. It doesn't say he doesn't know the year or the month. Hallelujah. And I believe we're going to have a strong witness in our heart. Hallelujah. Before Jesus comes back. But the time is short. All the prophets agree. Even the Jews agree. The Jews, are, they're, they're, they say Messiah is coming soon. They think he's coming the first time. We think he's coming the second time. Ariel Sharon said when he gets here, we're going to ask him, have you been in our land before? <laughs> Hallelujah. That's what he said. He told Billy Brim, when he gets here, we're going to ask him, have you been here before? And he's going to say yes. Amen. And they're going to say, whoops, <laughs> hallelujah. Whoops, hallelujah. Glory to God. Missed that a little bit. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. But so it being a year of judgment, we know the Bible says that if we will judge ourselves, we will not be judged. And there's a lot of areas that we, we should take the word of God. The Lord told me one time, he said, Debbie, you are supposed to make every decision and you're, you're supposed to, to take your decisions and you're supposed to lay them on top of the word of God. I'd made a decision and it was a wrong decision and I was crying out to the Lord because um, I was really sorry and I, didn't, and I, did, I had wanted to please Him. I had wanted to make the right decision, but I actually let my soul, my emotions get control of me and, and uh, your soul will lead you off, you know, your emotions. And so he said, Debbie, no. He said, you have to. I said, Lord, why would you let me make this mistake? He said, he said, Debbie, you have, to, you have to take the word of God. And I was old enough in the Lord, and I knew the word of God well enough. And he said, you have to take the word of God, and you have to lay it beside every decision that you're going to make. Amen. And you make your decisions that way. And so God will let you make a mistake, folks, if you don't take the word of God. So we need to take the word of God and judge ourselves. But one area that the, that the prophets, the men, the men of the land, the, the, and the women of the land uh, that are watchmen on the wall, that are listening and watching, are saying, especially this year, that the body of Christ needs to judge themselves when it comes to walking in love. When it comes to walking in love. And we talked about that a little bit last week. But let's turn over to Romans 5.5. 5. Glory to God. So, because if this is a year of judgment, it seems like everything lines up that that's true. And we've already had a tsunami right at the end of last year. Uh, thank you, Jesus. And uh, 
just, and, and those were the worst nations, the worst nations, the worst nations. What, I mean, I don't, somebody else may can, pastor may can tell you the statistics more, but that, that the, most, the most Islamic nations, the, those were the worst nations that that tsunami, that those tsunamis hit. The most antichrist, help me, the most Islamic, most persecuting of Christians, most persecuting and hating of Israel nations where those tsunamis came. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. <clears throat> Romans 5, 5. And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. Well, now, we've been studying spirit, soul, and body, so we're all up on this. We all know that the love of God it, at the new birth was put on the inside of us, that we have the power to love. Amen? We, have, uh, we are love creatures. We're born afresh, we're born anew, we're reborn, recreated by a love God. God is love in 1 John. God is love, and we are born of Him. We are, we are His seed, we are his, uh, we are his creation, and He created a love creature. So we have God's capacity to love. We have the love of God, not just love, but we have the love of God shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. And we have to choose to live out of the inside man, out of the inner man. Because if we live out of the head, the unrenewed mind does not like to love. The world, is not, uh, the world does not know how to love. We'll talk about that more in just a minute. Glory to God. But we, we have the love of God inside of us. We are capable of love. We are capable of love because we have His love. We are not just capable of a human type of love. We're capable of the love of God or God's love or agape love or uh, unconditional uh, selfless love. Agape love is unconditional selfless love. Not just loving to get something for yourself. Not just loving with conditions. Hallelujah. And we've all experienced that other kind of love, hadn't we? I mean, we've been loved that way when we've been loved conditionally. Ever, anybody ever love you conditionally? Loved you when you did right and didn't love you when you did wrong? That's not God's love. That's human love. Amen? And we've all loved people that way. We've all loved people that way, even as a pastor's wife. Especially when I first started out, I was very guilty of loving my church members' human love. When they did right, I really liked them. When they didn't... I didn't like them so good. Hallelujah to the moon. Yeah, <laughs> to the moon. No. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. It was hard for me to show love to them when they didn't. And, and, and have, thank God I've learned a different kind of love because we can learn this love. Amen. We can learn to live by it. We can learn to walk in it. And we can learn to know the value of it and to desire it and to want it. And even when we fail, to jump right back in it. And even when we fail to repent and say, oh God, forgive me, that wasn't love. Amen? And there's been, and, and to be quick to repent of those things when we step out of love. Because when we step out of love, our faith ceases to work. Amen? We can turn over to 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and we can look at that. We'll look in 1 Corinthians 13. When you, uh, when you step out of love, your faith ceases to work. Your prayers cease to work. 
And this could help some of us right here to, to know, listen, if I'm not getting my prayers answered, I need to step back and judge myself and say, am I walking in love? Because if I'm not walking in love to my fellow man, I'm not going to get my prayers answered. And I think that we can all say there's been seasons in our life when we didn't get our prayers answered, when we had unforgiveness towards someone or when we didn't treat someone uh, the way we should be treating them. And, and we'll look a little uh, further to the extent that is, but let's start in sh verse 1 and just look at this part. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not love, I am become a sounding brass and as a tinkling cymbal. He's talking about praying in tongues here. You can pray in tongues all day long, every day, but if you're not walking in love, it's not doing anything. It's not changing anything about your future. It's not doing anything. Our, and we know this is true because the Word says, Faith worketh by love. Our faith doesn't work when we're not walking in love. Uh, and so we have to make constant, constant adjustments. I mean, and, and Brother Hagen was such a marvel. You know, people criticize him and stuff, but one reason we can follow him so closely is because he was such a wonderful example of love. He was not just an example to us of faith, which he was, and of the power of God and ministering under the power, which he was, but he was such a marvelous, marvelous example of love. He, he, he judged himself so harshly in this that he says, and, and, and I know this to be true, he never even allowed himself to have a thought of dislike. Amen. And Catherine Kuhlman, they say of her, I've heard this said of her, that people did horrible things to her. Can you imagine? I mean, they're going to persecute anybody that operates in power, number one. But women, in the day she operated in, 19 what 40s 50s is that 60s 40s 50s 60s you know women were not highly esteemed in ministry and people men and women men that are, and, and men especially that are jealous of the power that she operated in they said horrible things about her but she would say things like her staff would say to her what are we going to do about this and she would say things like we're going to pretend this didn't even happen we're going to pretend we don't even know this. We're going to, and so, uh, praise God, kept that power flowing by walking in love. Amen? And, no, and, of course, we know that she wasn't perfect. We know Brother Hagen wasn't perfect. But they were good examples of, uh, to us uh, 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 of that. And so we ought to follow people not only that have power and not only that have uh, 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 faith, but, uh, you know, you can preach faith all day long, but if you're not walking in love, yours isn't working for you. And there's a lot of people that get on TV and preach faith, and it don't really work for them. Amen? And so we need to follow people that, who, by example, not only are getting their prayers answers, but they are walking in love. Hallelujah. And that should be our, our goal. You know, we... Uh, and, and here's the thing about walking in love. And we have to get to this place. You know, we, there's a, we can say, I'm going to live for Jesus. And we ought to want to live for Jesus. But there's a higher place to go, and that's letting him live through us. And if you're going to walk in love, you're going to have to, you're going to have to, there's going to be times, and I want to tell you tonight, feel free at any time just to say this, God, I can't do this. Because you can't in your natural self. But God, I'm willing to let you do it through me. And, and in your love walk, in your love walk, in your day-to-day -day life, there's going to be times when you'll have to say, God, I can't do this, but I'm going to let you love them through me. Amen. I will let you love them through me. And God, you're going to have to do it. You're going to have to love them through me and let the Lord live through you because he can.
Amen. And so we're going to have to let him live through us. But he says, though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not love, I am become a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries, and so I'm tremendous revelation, but don't have love, nothing's working for you. And, and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith, so you could have faith and it not be working just because you are not operating in love. Though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains and have not charity, I am nothing. It does not work. You could have faith and not be able to use it for anything. It'd be worthless to you because you're not walking in love. You're not operating in love. Hallelujah. I've seen this in demonstration. I've seen a man of faith, a man of tremendous faith that inspired me in faith, get out of love and begin to do harm to the body of Christ and to other ministers, and it greatly change and alter uh, his life. I've seen it in demonstration. And I don't know about you, but we need to have a fear. I have a fear of God in me about that. I mean, I fear, I, you know, if nothing else, because I fear God, I'll walk in love. You know, I'll treat somebody right when I really don't want to just because I fear God. That might not be the highest motive, but it sure do beat Stepping out of love. You know? The highest motives might be for us to just be so full of Christ that the just love oozes from us. But I tell you what, if nothing else, we can fear God. We can fear the laws of sowing and reaping. We can fear that my faith would fail me. My faith would, I can't afford for my faith to fail me not one day. You know, you start getting your faith failing you, and I guarantee you, you'll end up sick. Depressed, your ministry will fail. I mean, Pastor and I have always lived so on the edge, we couldn't afford to step off the. And so we've repented quickly, I'll tell you, just because of that. You know, we've never had a big enough buffer in our church uh, of finances and people so far. We've never had a buffer big enough to say, you can take the chance and act like a donkey. We've never been able to have that luxury because we were so on the edge, one step out of love, and we could be in the pit of this financial ruin. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Hallelujah. That's not really such a bad place to be. Hallelujah. I mean, we don't, get up, we don't have the luxury of saying, I'm going to let my faith rest for a while. It just, it, you know, it is not going to be well if we ever get off the mark. I mean, so far. Hallelujah. I keep saying, Lord, couldn't we get a little pad? Not that I want to get out of love or anything, but, you know, couldn't we just not be, you know, but, you know, it's like we're always pressing for more of God, more in the, for more for the church, more for the body. Amen. Hallelujah. And if we don't quit getting these building projects, we're, we're pastor. He fell down the stairs, the last building project. We heard this loud clatter, or they did, and he had, was at the bottom of those stairs at the back. And then this time he came home, it was the next day, we were sitting at lunch, and I don't even remember what I said, and he said something about I fell through the ceiling yesterday. And I said, well, I'm so glad you weren't hurt. And he said, who said I wasn't? And I said, well, were you hurt last night? He never told me. He said, my calf was that big around. And I'm, see, he didn't, he didn't even say, he didn't mention it until he had got his faith on it and got better. But, um, 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So we got to get out of these building projects, folks. I want my husband and this is not working. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Um, but we're always pressing like, okay, we're going to get that youth. Before we ever get the youth building done, let's put a facade on the front of the church. I'm for it. I mean, I'm not against it. But, I mean, you, that's how we are. That's just the kind of people we are. Amen. Hallelujah. There's always more in God. <clears throat> turn over before we finish 1 Corinthians 13. Turn to Luke 6, chapter, tw- six, chapter 6. Luke chapter 6. Is anybody hot in here? It is so hot in here. It's just, whoo, give us some air to breathe. Hallelujah. I have to start wearing a, an oxygen tank up here and, and like, they skis, skis, they, like they dive with or something. You know? Hallelujah. Luke 6, 21. You, you, you people that are cold wear clothes lots of them we do they said (laughs) hallelujah well y'all can put them on easier and we can take them off amen luke 6 verse 21 and jesus begins to talk here and he said blessed are ye that hunger now for ye shall be filled blessed are ye that weep now for ye shall laugh blessed are ye when men shall hate you blessed when men hate you that's a different way of thinking than the world you're blessed when men hate you. Don't, the world doesn't think like that, do they? And it says, And when they shall separate you from their company and shall reproach you and cast out your name as evil for the Son of Man's sake, rejoice ye in that day and leap for joy, for behold, your reward is great in heaven, for in the like manner did their fathers unto the prophets. But woe unto you that are rich, for ye have received your consolation. Woe unto you that are full, for ye shall hunger. Woe unto you that laugh now, for ye shall mourn and weep. Woe unto you when men shall speak well of you, for so did their fathers in the false prophets, to the false prophets. But I say unto you, which hear, love your enemies. Now it's one thing for God to tell us, walk in love to the body of Christ. Or even sometimes we can get an enemy in the body of Christ. I realize that. But you know, it's one thing for him to say, tell us to walk in love to people that are good and kind and sweet. But he said that we are to live a different sort of life, and he said we're to love our enemies. He didn't say we was just to tolerate our enemies. He, was, he didn't even say we were just to not do something bad back to our enemies. He said we had to love them. And he said, do good to them which hate you. When somebody hates us, we have to do something good for them. Like give them an offering, like give them a gift. Like, do something good for him, whatever that would be. I know Marilyn Hickey, an example of that, I remember her doing this when she was first starting out in the ministry. And of course, she started out at a time when women weren't as esteemed as they are now. And in some places, they're not very esteemed now. But you know, uh, her and Gloria Copeland and Joyce Meyer have made great strides and breakthroughs for all of us. And so... Uh, but at that time, when women weren't esteemed in the ministry at all, a man in her town in Denver oh, said horrible things about her from the pulpit. And she said, Lord, I'm just not going to take offense at this. And so she sent him an offering. And you know, it wasn't too long till guess what? He had her in to preach in his church. It wasn't. Love your enemies. Do good to them which hate you. Bless them that curse you. When they do bad things to you, we're to bless them. 
And not only that, we are to pray for them which despitefully use you. Well, you know, it's, it's one thing to just say, okay, I'm not going to do anything bad, I'm just, I'm, I'm, but I'm just going to ignore them. I'm not, you know, I'm just having nothing to do with those people. And you know, that certainly is a step above putting your fist in their teeth or cursing them or spitting on them or saying, come outside and we'll settle this, bless God. That is a step above. And not gossiping and, 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 and uh, uh, talking about them all over town. Just saying, I'm not going to have anything to do with them. And I'm just going to ignore this. And I'm just not, boy, I'm just going to walk around them. I'm going to go, uh, you know, if they come in the church, I'm going out the back door. And, you know, that's a step above having a fight right out here in the parking lot, which I've heard about deacons doing that. and Not, not all that uncommon. Where, uh, where, uh, let's see. Uh, well, who was it? Um, Mm-mm. It ooh, ha-ha. at Montgomery, the, the the state senators and House of Representatives last week they had to call the security in on them. Well, that's interesting, isn't it? So that's this is a step above that. But God's but God, you know what He did. Well, let's keep on. 29. And unto them that smiteth thee on the one cheek, offer also the other. And him that taketh away thy cloak, forbid not to take thy coat also. I mean, they take stuff from you. We're just supposed to say, well, here, just take it all. Give to every man that asketh of thee, and of him that taketh away thy goods, ask them not again. And as ye would that men should do to you, do ye also to them likewise. For if ye, listen to this, for if ye love them which love ye, you what thank have ye? For sinners also love those that love them. And if ye do good to them which do good to you, what thank have ye? For sinners also do even the same. Sinners love those that do good to them. Sinners love those that love them. And if ye lend to them of whom ye hope to receive, what thank have ye? For sinners also lend to sinners to receive as much again. But love ye your enemies, and do good, and lend, hoping for nothing again. And your reward shall be great, and ye shall be the children of the highest. For he is kind unto the unthankful and to the evil. I want to tell you something. God didn't just give us something hard to do. He gave us something impossible. It, this cannot be done. The natural man cannot do this. The only and this is what he was doing. He was see the see the 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 Jews of that day. They were self righteous. They had their law, and many of them had kept the law so precisely, like the rich young ruler who said, "I have kept the whole thing all my life, the whole law." All my life. And we know Paul talks about that he was the Pharisee of Pharisees. He, he had kept the whole law all his life. And they were so self-righteous, they didn't even know they needed a Savior. And Jesus told them this because he wanted to know, show them how far they fell from the mark. Because this is the mark. And he wanted to show them how much they needed a Savior and how far they were from the mark. And so he gave them something that was impossible for the sinner to do. Impossible for the man who is not born again. The man who is not born again cannot love his enemies, cannot bless those that curse him, cannot turn the other cheek. Only the, only the Christian can. And you can because Romans 5, 5, the love of God is shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Ghost. We have it inside of us. We have the capability inside of us. Hallelujah. All it is a matter of is, uh, like Pastor said, renewing the mind and letting the spirit ascend and, and rule over the flesh and the soul. Amen. Because your flesh, like my flesh, wants to take them to the parking lot and teach them something. I never had really wanted to do that because I'd lose. <laughs> 
there's nothing, there's nothing, there's nothing tough in me, but hallelujah. I don't know, I can kick and scratch. All women can, all women can kick and scratch. You never want to get in a cat fight, because hallelujah, they'll kick and scratch, won't they? Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So he gave us something impossible for the man that's not born again to do, but he gave us something that was possible for us to do. And this is our mark. This is our mark. Now, we may fail, but when we fail, we have to repent and we have to, we have to go at it. Amen? Hallelujah. Uh, turn to 1 Corinthians 13 again, and let's read about this unconditional selfless love. This love, uh, the, the God kind of love... Uh, <clears throat> This is the, God expects us to demonstrate this love. He is not expecting too much because he gave us the ability. He is not expecting too much when he says walk by faith because he gave us his faith. Amen. He's not expecting too much when he says, um, I can't find 1 Corinthians. There it is. Hallelujah. I've got a new Bible here. Hallelujah. Mine just fell to pieces. And this one's, thank God it's the same exact Bible, so everything's in the same spot, but nothing's underlined. 1 Corinthians 13. And let's look at, uh, uh, <clears throat> well, we'll start in verse 3 because we didn't even read it. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, so you could be giving, though I give my body to be burned and have not love, it profiteth me nothing. I could be a martyr for the faith, but if I'm not walking in love, it's not going to profit me anything. There's not going to be a reward. And then in verse 4, love suffereth long, and is kind, love envieth not, envieth not, bondeth not itself, is not puffed up, doth not behave itself unseemly, seeketh not her own, is not easily provoked, thinketh no evil, rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in the truth, beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, and endureth all things. Love never faileth, but where there be prophecies, they shall fail. Whether there be tongues, they shall cease. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part, but when that which is perfect is come, that which is in part shall be done away. And then we read the scriptures that Pastor used this morning. Hey, like thinking like a child. Well, thinking like a child is to be selfish like he said this morning I noticed Carter and Caitlin they don't even think about walking in love when Carter gets one of Caitlin's toys it don't matter what he has she wants it and he don't mind ripping it out of her hands pushing her down I mean he gets in trouble for it but he still does it you know what I'm saying and I'm not trying to say I have bad grandkids I don't but all I, kids just do these things you know, they're thinking about themselves. And they have to be taught over and over and over again and trained. Hallelujah. Spanked, spanked you know, when, when they're mean to their sisters and brothers. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And so, but that's how children are. But adults, full-grown, mature Christians walk in love. They do these things that are in the chapters we just read. Let's look at some of those. Uh, well, first of all, let's... Um, this is the love God expects us to demonstrate. We can only do this if we're born again because it's unconditional, selfless love. It requires faith. You will have to use your faith to walk in this kind of love because it's completely opposite to the world. It is divine love. And divine love gives, gives, gives. It is so selfless. This kind of love is so selfless, it does not require response. Oh, Jesus. Now, let's all say this together. Lord, Lord you'll, have to do this me. you'll have to do this through me. 
Amen. He will. This kind of love is so selfless, it does not require thanks. How many of you just feel like repenting right now? How many of you had that thought, well, they didn't even say thank you? Well, that wasn't agape, was it? This kind of love is so selfless, it does not require acknowledgement. It is a high level of love. It is a high level. It is the highest, most noble, and purest substance that exists. It is the mark we are to press to. Let's look at, we'll look at some of these. We may not look at all of them, but love, verse 4, suffereth long. To suffer long, it's talking about a long duration. And the suffering part there is an intense emotion. It is a growing passion. It's, not, it's a negative feeling. It's something negative that's happening to you. But, it's a, but it's having, this suffering long means you are patient to restrain your anger. You suffer long. Love is kind. It means adaptable or compliant to the needs of others. It is a willingness to serve. It is a willingness to change in order to meet the needs of others. How many of us wives are willing to change to meet the needs of our husbands? Or how many of us are saying, he needs to change? I know Joyce Meyer talked about how she would always go to God and say, Lord, change Dave. No, we said we'll talk about her, then we won't have to talk about us. Hallelujah. Lord, change Dave. And one day the Lord spoke to her and said, it's not Dave that needs to change, it's you. Amen. Number three, because there's 15, 15 characteristics of love that God gives here. Envieth not. This means that you're not consumed with your own desires and plans. It's not all about you. Pastor talked about that this morning. It's, it's not ambitious or self-centered. Amen. Number four. Boy, it gets quiet, don't it? Hallelujah. I know. I feel like falling on the floor and repenting myself. Hallelujah. Bondeth not itself. Bondeth not itself. That, you know, those words are kind of King Jamesy, but <clears throat> it means um, bondeth not itself. Somebody that bondeth itself, bondeth their self, has a lot of self-talk. They promote themselves. They exaggerate. They talk about how wonderful they are all the time, bordering on lying. And one thing, one version in the group, Greek says that they're a windbag. Hallelujah. Vaunteth not itself. Puffed up. You know, hallelujah. And, and well, actually, the next thing is, is not puffed up. Puffed up is proud, swollen, inflated, filled with pride, thinks he's better than others. And I was like this. I've told this story before, but I know when I married Michael, I thought my family was better than his family. I was puffed up. I found out we, they weren't. <laughs> One night, though, in Seminole, it was so funny. I said that at the from the pulpit. I said, well, you know, when I first got married, I thought my family was better than Michael's family. And my dad said from the back, we are. <laughs> it was like, I mean, he was kidding, but, you know, it still was very... Of course, our whole church just rolled because they knew him, you know. But, <laughs> but I was puffed up. I really did. I thought we were better. I thought we did it better. We had a better way of doing things. You know, we were just better folks. Hallelujah. That was puffed up, proud, swollen. And, you know... Um, <clears throat> You know, love doesn't swell up like Pastor Buzz, Buzzy said. He swole up. Do you, you know, because that's being puffed up. When that's pride. When 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 you swell up at someone, 
you know. Number six, we'll go on because we don't want to talk about this really. Uh, Doth not behave itself unseemly. Hallelujah. Doth not behave itself unseemly means to act in an unbecoming manner. It just means to be careless and inconsiderate of others. Amen. You know, <clears throat> this is something we need to be on the guard about because even without meaning to, we can be careless and inconsiderate of others. Did you ever say something and then later think, oh my God, you know, I didn't mean to be careless and inconsiderate of their feelings. Because that's behaving like a child. I know when I was a child, I was a real little girl, I was about 10 or something. Well, we went to the Fat Stock Show in Fort Worth with a friend of ours, my friend of my parents. We all went together and heard Thunderbird. Uh, and that was when Thunderbirds were something. Hallelujah. And uh, we went and uh, she was... Uh, she was a uh, old maid, and uh, she never had been married. And uh, <laughs> we were sitting at the dinner table. Oh, I still just want to sweat bullets when I think about doing this. And I was ten years old, about about. And uh, we were sitting at the dinner table in this little restaurant. And I said, "Man, when I grow up, I'm not going to be an old maid, no matter what." <laughs> Didn't think, you know, not thinking, behaving as a child being inconsiderate of others. My daddy kicked me under the table. I said, Daddy, quit kicking me. <laughs> I did say that. I actually did. I know, my dad probably just wanted to hold me underwater for hallelujah. <laughs> actually, when we got to Winters, they dropped me off at my grandparents' house. I wonder, I didn't really get to go to the fat stock show. They went. <laughs> okay, I wonder if there was any correlation to me getting dropped off. <laughs> Good thing they picked me back up, isn't it? Anyway, but being careless and inconsiderate of others. Of course, I know that, you know, she's here, she is, 50-year-old woman. She's thinking, okay, this is a kid. She's not taking too much offense. But, you know, how many times are we like a child and just not watching our words? And, you know, what do we call it? Put, put foot in mouth. Hallelujah. You know, we ought to be quick to repent when, we've, uh, when we know we've been inconsiderate of somebody's feelings. Number seven, <clears throat> seeketh not her own. This is someone that has to have their own way. So much so that they'll manipulate to get their own way. Oh Amen. You know, wives have a tendency. I don't want to pick on women. I don't know about men, but wives have a tendency to use manipulation to get their way. And God got on to me early in our ministry for manipulating pastor. And so I don't manipulate him. I just tell him what I want. <laughs> but I was trying to go in the back door and manipulate him around to get what I wanted without saying what I wanted. Hallelujah. It'd be better, it's better to be up front and let him just say no or yes. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Number eight is not easily provoked. Um, this, um, when someone is easily provoked, did you ever get around somebody that tries to pick a fight? Do you know anybody that tries to pick a fight? Maybe did you ever try to pick a fight? I've heard women say, I just want him to fight with me. He will not fight with me. I want him to fight with me. I'll try to pick a fight. But you know, if, if, you, if you're one of those people who's not easily provoked, you're the kind of person that when, even when somebody tries to pick a fight, you don't let it provoke you. You, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't, uh, Hallelujah. So that means you don't lose it. You don't fly off the handle easy. Number nine, thinketh no evil. 
This means to credit to someone's account. In other words, you don't keep a record of wrongs and mistakes. You don't have a little black book where you're keeping up with. And you know, I'm a wife, so I just have to preach it from the wife's standpoint, but I know I've said this, and wives, this is something we shouldn't do. Uh, this is the third time you have done this. Have you ever, any wives ever said that? Anybody? <laughs> hallelujah. We're not supposed to be keeping records. I know the, the, the men are saying, glory, hallelujah. But you know, sometimes women are more vocal with the records they're keeping, but husbands can just keep a little silent record. Amen. So in other words, we're not keeping records of people's mistakes, wrongs and mistakes. We release people. Amen. Number 10, rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in truth. This means that you do not rejoice when bad things happen to someone else. You don't rejoice when they sowed and they reap. You don't even have this rejoicing attitude before they reap that says, well, they better watch out. Amen. Rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoicing in truth. This person that walks in love is elated when people get blessed. Overjoyed when the word wins and people get blessed and people get their prayers answered. And boy, I tell you, this is a big one, how we respond to others' troubles and how we respond to their blessings. Amen. Number 11, love beareth all things. This means literally to cover. It's to cover like a roof. It, is, it conceals love. This agape kind of love conceals, covers, and protects other people. Even when they're in sin. You know, the Bible says love covereth in Proverbs. Love covereth a multitude of sins. It covers sin up. It doesn't point it out. It doesn't, um, it, it covers it. Number 12, believeth all things. This is constant, continuous hope. Love has constant, continuous hope. Doesn't give up. It, this kind of love doesn't give up on you. It believes the best in every situation. Number 13, hopeth all things. This is expectation of good things. Oh, I'm expecting you to get a harvest because, boy, you have been horrible. No, I'm expecting God to do good things for you. Amen. Amen. Doesn't assume failure. Expects the best in someone else. Has a high anticipation. Number 14, endureth all things. This depicts a person who is under a uh, heavy load but refuses to surrender because he knows he's in his place. Does not give up. This person endureth all things. They knows that they're in their place, they're where they're supposed to be, and so just endures all things. We need this kind of love at the workplace, don't we? Endures all things because I know I'm supposed to be here. How many people have aborted their mission in life because they quit a church, they even quit working for a ministry because they just didn't endure all things? Amen. I know Joe Morris endured all things when he worked for other ministers before he was out on his own. Well, that's why he operates in the high anointing that he operates in because he endured a bunch of stuff. It was a bunch of crud, if we say that word in church. Hallelujah. And you know, there, this is the truth. I'm not this way, Kevin. I'm glad. But there are ministers to just, they, they'll just test you with it they'll just be ugly to see if you'll this is the truth amen hallelujah uh, <clears throat> number 15 love never faileth the very last characteristic of love love never faileth this literally means will not fall from a high position 
When you walk in love, you are in a high position with God. And you will not fall from your high position. Hallelujah. You know, if you're going to walk in love, you have to deal with moodiness. You know, love is not nice to you one day and then short and impatient with you and and, uh, uh, in a foul mood the next day. Hallelujah. This is our mark. This is just our mark, folks. There ain't nobody in here that doesn't need to repent. Hallelujah. And there ain't anybody in here that doesn't need to cry out and say, Oh, God, do it through me. And you know we really desire to. Because we got God inside of us, this is what really what we desire to do. Amen. 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 Let's stand up together. Thank you, Jesus.